This episode contains references to body image, sexual assault and strong language. When you're on the verge of a breakdown Or when you can't get rid of that frown When you embarrass yourself like a clown And feel like you wish you could drown Don't worry, you're fine Everything will be alright Switch on your device And listen to Imagination Time So Steve, what did you think of my new jingle? I must say, I think that it's it evolves just like your podcast is evolving, and I like the the imagery because it's now so much more, you know, sophisticated. <laughs> so no, I'm really. Oh, why thank you. So hello, lovely people. Welcome back to a new season of Imagination Time. I'm really, really sorry that it's been so long since I did an episode. I just realised, Steve, that the last episode I did was in January. So it's nearly been an entire year. I know. Um, So yeah, I'm really sorry, everyone. I've just been so busy. You might remember in the last episode I did, I spoke about how me and my boyfriend were moving in together, which we have now done. So I was just quite busy finishing uni, finishing where I was living, like my tenancy, and moving into a new place. So I just haven't really got round to doing a a podcast episode, which is why I am so excited to have Steve, my best friend from drama school here today. Say hello, Steve. Hello, hello, everybody. Basically, speaking of... um, finishing drama school Steve and I went to Central together and Steve how did you find it in the end? I I must say I found it quite underwhelming Um, (laughs) and I I, I try to look for the good in things in life but I really believe objective you know I mean my point of view is that Covid did not make it great and it never fully recovered since Covid Mm. so we had a great first two terms of first year and then after Covid it just even in third year we were hardly ever in I mean, we were fine because we did our film and we did our thing and it was fun, but it was more fun because we were doing stuff outside of drama school. It wasn't really a uni experience, I would call it. That is so but. true, yeah. I would agree because I feel like everyone always says to me, like, oh my God, how was it? Like, you must be so sad you've, you've left now. And although, you know, I am glad that I went there, like, I don't regret it and I, there were good memories and I'm glad to come out with a degree from the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama because obviously it makes you look really good. And I'm, like, you know, proud of the achievement of getting in there um in the first place but yeah whenever people ask me I'm always like um it's all right it was it was okay but I agree with you Steve I feel like Covid just made it really really difficult to even get to like half of its potential like we had so many trips cancelled didn't we because I had you were supposed to be on South Africa weren't you yeah and I was on India um so basically me and Steve didn't get to go on our we were supposed to go and do like teaching and acting and stuff in South Africa and India and we couldn't go because of Covid and then the year before that I don't know what trip you were on Steve but I was supposed to be uh, what project but I was supposed to be on the Manchester one and then we didn't get to tour around Manchester no, it was um, it was really bad, and I think that also when we had to, I remember thinking when we were doing the South Africa thing, and I was doing cooking classes. I just looked at myself in the mirror and thought, I'm getting into debt. <laughs> Literally, <clears throat> that's the horrible thing. And so many people. I mean, I feel like we're doing a uni podcast now. <laughs> Maybe we should do that next time. <laughs> um, I feel like so many people have said how awful and like ridiculous it is that we had to pay all that tuition and you know that now we owe the government all this money but you know the fact that also in central I don't know if you know but you know how it's supposed to be like every term is three grand 
but in central it was like the first two terms are like two grand ish and the and the last term is always like four grand ish because it's supposed to be that money goes towards our placements and our projects and we basically only got to do one placement in third year which was already like in london so it wasn't really that great was it no it was it was as i say it for me, I do not regret it, and it's funny because I've learned so much, but I feel like drama mm. school is the thing that taught me the least, if that makes sense. I think living in London, living alone, dealing with certain things, or just, you know, growing up, it's just what taught me stuff. It wasn't drama school, so... Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like literally the same thing. I feel like I learned more just being in London than actually being at drama school. And it's a shame, really, because although I feel like I did learn some some stuff at drama school to an extent, especially when, when more when we were in drama school rather than like COVID and Zoom and stuff, I feel like I it has helped me in ways. But I also feel like it, it could have been like 10 times better and I could have come out being like a significantly more magnificent actor. I feel like, you know... I've done auditions recently. I've done like castings and stuff for films and TV and it's been fine. And then as soon as I've gone and done, like I did a, um, an audition recently for a musical and I just, I was just terrified. Like I just was so shaky. I, could, I couldn't sing probably. I like lost control of my voice. I did get the part I wanted, which is good. <laughs> but, um, but it was still like so nerve wracking. And I feel like that is something that Central could have really like helped us with like audition techniques and stuff like that. Cause so many people wanted to go into like acting or something in the industry. But anyways, we move, <laughs> we, we move. We'll thrive in whatever we do. So let's go on to the podcast episode. So to our lovely listeners this week, we are talking about sex, and I know that I've already done a podcast about sexy term before, but this was with my flatmate Jess, you might have listened to it, if you didn't, please go for it, it's not crucial to listen to it before this episode, but it certainly might make more sense because it's in chronological order. But the reason that I wanted to do this um, episode with Steve is because I feel like we spent so much of our time in drama school just like laughing about everything and just having funny conversations and we'd sit in my room like in lockdown when we were about to do filming for our show and we would just sit and talk about like funny sex stories and you know what we were up to in in our lives in our boring lockdown lives so I just feel like Steve would be a funny person to come on this podcast because he's very mature and sensible with the topic but could also have a laugh which is which is what I need. So, without further ado, we will go on to the questions. And if you guys listen to the sex podcast with Jess, you'll know that we kept on saying, oh, we need, like, a guy to come on here and do a podcast and answer, like, the questions from a male perspective. So, yeah, I just feel like this would be really interesting to do with Steve. So, first of all, Steve, would you like to just introduce yourself, tell us what you're up to these days, what you do with your life? All right. Hello, everybody. I'm Stephen Lagrosse. Um, and I graduated, as Amy said, the same year as her. But now I'm back at my home in France and I've been auditioning for certain acting jobs, but not really with much success. I've got an agent, but, you know, it's acting at the end of the day. Um, and so now I'm just looking for work. Um, I'm also planning on you know, going into property, but, you know, who knows what will happen. But that's sort of the direction I'm going into. At the moment. So, yeah, I'm sort of finding my feet as you do after uni. 
that is super cool I like that you're doing you're like still trying to do some acting stuff but also doing some other stuff at the same time that's like me at the moment as well trying to audition for things with my agency as well but also mm. you know <laughs> the actor's life does not pay well unless you're big so <laughs> keep a foot in the real world and you know mm. it's all well and good trying to audition but the thing is is putting all your eggs in one basket it, it has it, there are some people who've gone away with it but a lot of people who don't so it's, it's a good balance to do it as a hobby and still try and do it but actually do have some sort of backup that you know a safe backup i, I guess yeah <laughs> so, yeah no definitely I agree I think that you have always got to be so careful because if you don't have like a steady income on the side you're kind of like screwed because you can't have all the acting jobs you want to have so that's Steve I said I love how earlier I said without further ado I'll do the questions and then I just talked loads more (laughs) so First of all, there is no right or wrong answer. And if you don't want to answer any questions, just tell me. And that's absolutely fine. So the first one, just for context, what is sex to you? So it doesn't have to be like, oh, I think it's a special moment, you know, whatever. But just what do you what would you say? What do you define it as? What does it mean? Uh, What does it mean? Um, I think you can. There are two ways, in my opinion, to answer that. For me, that's the physical side of it and the metaphorical side of it. Mm. Personally, I would say physical is what we call sexual intercourse, which mm-hmm. doesn't explain me as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> but then metaphorically, I think that we all make our own definition of what it is. You know, I think that it's about sharing um, a moment with someone who you're hopefully close to. Well, you don't have to be. You know, as I say, it's it's a subjective thing. But it's about sharing a moment. You know, respectfully pleasuring each other without. You know, how to put it pleasuring each other but you know without it being forced it being a pleasant experience and it being something that later on you're going to sort of regret and say oh shit I wish I'd never sorry uh, no you're allowed to swear no that's fine you can swear (laughs) but but yeah for me that would probably be my sort of global definition of what sex is as such I don't know would you agree disagree yeah no that's a really good explanation actually that's perfect I I agree I think sex it can be quite a lot of things to be fair because obviously it's different to everyone but I do agree there's sort of like the physical and emotional side and also like the other thing that we always forget to think about like in society or just as people is like you know in my head I was thinking of sex as like penetrative sex or like the basically the furthest you can go with the person you're you're having sex with so for example you know it would be different maybe if it was like two females or it's not always like penetrative but I feel like the furthest you can go with that person is what I always imagine sex as but then you forget about like how some people would class like oral sex as sex so it's just different to everyone but I I agree with your definition I would definitely definitely think the same thing and yeah so if you're listening to this and you don't know what sex actually is like anatomically then probably you're not old enough to be listening listening to this so if you're like 10, probably turn this off right now. Anyway, so the first question after that, after that, the second question <laughs> is, well, what is your opinion on birth control? And do you think that there should be an option for men to have birth control? Yes, I think, well, um, so first question, my, my thoughts on birth control. And to, in, firstly, if we're going to go from the basics, I think it's incredible. I think that it's we're very lucky and we don't take enough time to realise how lucky we are to live in an age where, you know, you can decide and where it, it's, you know, 
when it comes to men, I think that yes, it should be. I think, of course, you should have the you know, men should be able to have contraception. I think that the thing that people also they often use that as a oh, women have had to be doing this for years and for well, you know, decades, and men not. And I think that people forget that it's not as easy as that because the thing with women is that it's a cycle. It's a cycle that is um, where specific hormones are secreted at different times of the month. Whereas with men, it's a continual process, which is like a functioning organ. And yes, testosterone is needed for that to work, but it's not a cycle, so it's not as easy to deal with. So I think, but now that I've seen that they're doing, they're doing quite impressive trials and they seem to be surprisingly working, you know, working surprisingly well. And I think go for it, you know, and I also believe that men um, in general um, should seriously consider after they've had the children they want getting a vasectomy. Um, in France, where I'm from, it's very frowned upon. Um, but I think that it's only fair that, especially in the day and age where we don't have um, these you know, methods of medicine for men, why not, if your partner has been taking, artificially taking hormones for decades, it should kind of be only fair that you make a sort of small sacrifice. And it's not even really a sacrifice if you're not planning on having kids anymore. Mm. So, yeah, there you are. Sorry if I've chatted for a while, but <laughs> that's my sort of view on it. No, no, don't be silly. I, you know, that's the whole point of the podcast, is to talk as long as you like. I like the long answers to questions because it gets us thinking to say more. I agree with you. I think that is it's only fair, really, because, like you said, if your partner's had to go on birth control for however long you know, it's just fair enough. I was just going to add that also the thing is as well is that vasectomies are reversible. Yeah, um, so yeah. if X, Y, Z reason you met the second woman of your life that you suddenly want to have another baby with, yes, it's a process, but it, it, it is reversible. It's not permanently damaged. You know, you're not permanently damaging your, your pipes. So yeah, well, that's funny you say that because I was literally, the next question I was going to ask you related to this was um, I've seen a lot of uproar about birth control recently, which I you know totally agree with. People protesting and saying that they think men should have a vasectomy instead of, like if their partner doesn't want to go on the pill or get the implant or whatever it is, they should get a vasectomy because it's reversible. So what's your opinion on getting a vasectomy before you've had any kids? No right or wrong, it's just your opinion. No, I don't know. I would stand against on that one simply because Yes, it's reversible, but it's not 100% successful. And that there are some blokes who have never been able to find their fertility back. And I think even in England, you have to be a certain age before you can have one. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that it's right, necessarily, that 18-year-old boys go and have their their bits tied. Because, you know, don't get me wrong, if there was a, a pill or something, and there are developing mm-hmm. things, you know. And so, if, and the, the Chinese have developed this other technology, which I must say I could not get on board with, but it does work, and it's a pair of underwear. So, so for those who don't know, um, sperm, which is located in the testicles, is a degree Celsius below the rest of the temperature body because that is the temperature that sperm needs to be at to stay alive. And so, the concept of this special underwear gadget is you put it in. And it warms up your underwear to about 38 Celsius. So, and you have to wear it, but you have to wear it for at least 17 hours a day, um, per 24 hours. So you'd have to potentially sleep with this and things, but, but it will make you, um, sterile. Mm. Um, so, you know, and, and, and as I said, I'm pro, I'm, I really think that if there is the, the technology, we should use it. But my thinking vasectomy, vasectomy is so early. 
I'm not sure. Probably a bit on the fence, maybe because I'm young and I haven't had kids yet. That's probably why I'm saying no, hmm. uh, or I'm leaning towards against. But I don't know. It's an interesting one. Um, but yeah, I, if, it were, if it were me, I would probably say I wouldn't want it. You know, because it, at the end of the day, it's quite. It's still a fairly major operation. And as I say, even though yes, it is reversible, it's not a hundred percent successful. The reversible rates are not hundred percent successful. Um, yeah. But you know, then now now there's this technology being able to freeze cells and things. So you know, who knows? But then there's a part of me that thinks that nature is nature, and um, to be freezing freezing sperm and things just to me sounds a little bit <laughs> out of my league. <laughs> no, that's a, that. No, I totally understand that, and I I really appreciate your opinion. I think it is interesting because it's just nice to see like where everyone is at. So yeah, it's just a really it's just a really interesting debate. Yeah, but like the the final thing I would add to this, you know, to conclude this sort of question about male contraception is that at the end of the day the most efficient male contraceptive already exists and has existed since ancient Egypt. <laughs> okay, yes, it wasn't the same, but, you know. <laughs> and if if blokes want to protect themselves and not have kids and not get STIs, the condom is the safest way and yes i understand that it doesn't feel as good but <clears throat> at the end of the day you know careful what you wish for you know you've got to be wise in life and i know that sometimes it's hard no pun intended um, <laughs> and blokes do yeah but it's true that a lot of blokes you do get tricked into thinking a certain way when you're feeling a certain way and um, that you just got to try and resist the urge and if you know if you can't do it just don't you know if you can't be asked to wrap up then don't do it then you know or just mm. accept the consequence you know uh, but then i think it should also be the girl's responsibility well the, you know the partner's responsibility like it's um if you've got you know i, I know that i knew a lot of my um a lot of friends of mine who even though they weren't they didn't have you know even though they weren't men they still had condoms on them and they were like if mm. things go down and the guy turns around and says oh i haven't got a condom she can say well i do <clears throat> that so, is so yeah. true that actually brings me on to a question i was going to ask you later on but i'll ask it now um have you heard of stealthing and do you know what it is i have never heard of stealth so no. so stealthing is as I've seen on the internet, is the, is the slang word for when a guy or someone with a penis takes their condom off during sex, so kind of slides it off quickly. So I actually know, actually personally know people who this has happened to as well, and it's really awful, like, you know, that's a really awful thing. Now that people know what something is, um, what's your opinion on it, and if you could speak to people who do it, what would you say? Well, obviously I think it's totally disgusting and vile and it's dishonest mm-hmm. um, in every way dishonorable I think um, I, and as you asked me what I should you know what I would say so the thing is, is I think that any relationship whether it be friendship or um, you know relationship or even a sexual relationship all these things should be based on communication now obviously i get that when it's a one-night fling you're not sitting there talking about what you like and what you don't like but you it's just so crucial that people are on the same wavelength of knowing what each other are getting out of this and if she is thinking you know if or you know if the person who is being i'm gonna i'm so sorry to say this if the person being penetrated is that's you know that the the person has taken that damned you know, wrapper off, then yeah, it's totally disgraceful. If you, mm. if you suddenly decide that it doesn't feel good, then you should just address it and say, listen, I, I'm not enjoying this. 
And, you know, you might have a person, I'd be like, well, you know, they, I mean, I doubt it would ever happen, but the person could either say yes or they say no. And at the end of the day, if the person says no, then it's their own choice and you should just back off and either accept the feet or respect them for it. Mm. Yeah. Fundamentally, I think that it's actually, you know, it might, it might, so there are some blokes who might like it if someone turns around and says, okay, it's all right, if you just take it off. But I don't know, I think it's just, it's commendable to someone who's actually willing to say no. It's either with mm. or not. And um, no, I think it's disgraceful. Um, yeah. I mean, it is technically sexual assault, really, isn't it? Because you're not asking for someone's consent. Exactly. And if people do it, yeah, exactly. you don't say a word and, they, and then they probably pull off the whole, oh, it, it fell off. Yeah, I agree. I think it's absolutely disgusting um i just thought it was an important subject to bring up um sort of raise awareness about so it's like people who say oh i don't know where it's gone it's like it's just i'm sorry to say it but it's just dishonest it, mm. you know, we're not stupid um that it breaks that happens and it does happen and you know that you know condoms are extremely safe until obviously there's a puncture mm. but it's um but fundamentally when there's a puncture it's still let's just say the tie is still on it's more the wrapping that's no longer there mm. but uh, so you don't just it, yeah it can happen and don't wrong it happened to you know um and it, it happened to a friend of mine and he was totally totally terrified but there's, mm. there's a huge difference in there being uh you know a problem like exactly a condom breaking and someone you know just whacking it off halfway you know and hope she hasn't noticed type of thing mm. i think we can all agree that that's i wouldn't say it's not up for debate because it but, you know, I think I'd like to hope that everyone agrees that it's mm. totally disgusting. Well, that's the thing. It is, it is awful, because on subjects like that, like, we as humans just generally tend to think, oh, yeah, obviously everyone would agree with that, like, the mm. sky is blue type subject. But it obviously if it's happening around the world, like, people don't all agree with it, and it's just disgusting, it's horrible. Oh, yeah. But um, When I said I think everybody I'm talking mm. about, obviously you list, but, you know, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I agree. And I think, yeah, I just thought it was a good subject to bring up because I think it's a really good thing to raise awareness about. I just think it's important as well for any of my younger listeners who aren't sexually active yet but maybe thinking about it in the near future or maybe already having sex or just anyone. But I think it's just a really important thing to know about and be aware of, especially if you're having sexual intercourse with people who you don't know or you're not close with which again absolutely nothing wrong with it's completely your life your choice but it's just you know teaching people to be safe or like be aware of the things that can happen it is really unfortunate that we have to make ourselves aware of these awful things because you want to just be able to go out and have fun with whoever you want to have fun with but unfortunately that's just life that we have to try and be aware of these things yeah but there's a part of me and i know a lot of people disagree with me and um but i think it's you know i think that there is i don't think that sex should be casualized i know that's probably not a word (laughs) but i don't think it should be made casual to the point where young people are going out sleeping around i know that there are a lot of old-fashioned things that aren't good but there are some old-fashioned values that are good and i think that by making it a big deal you know not saying you should make a huge deal but by at least by not saying it's nothing you know I think that people are inclined to be more wary and be more like, you know, is this right, is this wrong type of thing. Um, you know, it's just my personal opinion. I sort of lived in both countries and I saw, um, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, in France and all that stuff happened. I just see that I saw that in France uh, people are not as, nothing like as liberated. 
it's in England. I'm not saying that's a bad thing necessarily, but I'm saying is that there's a lot more from my personal hearing my own testimonies and my friends. There was a lot less trouble with people getting into really tricky situations with people who made more of a put more of an emphasis behind you know being careful and watching who you know not just taking someone. Out. And I'm not saying that this is not me saying that there's anything wrong with having one night stands or whatever, but it's just you should always you know, look after yourself and you know, try and get the best feeling possible from the, the mm. person before you go. Because fundamentally, having sex with somebody is as intimate as it gets, really. Mm. And, um, you know, and it's fun. It's a vulnerable position for some people, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, no, thank you for sharing your opinion. It's interesting. So I kind of agree and disagree. I think um, sex is, should be whatever you want it to be. Um, but I also do agree that because you're, of how vulnerable you are, like you said, it's so difficult to be able to trust everyone, unfortunately, because at the end of the day, people should, should be allowed to be able to just have sex with whoever they want to. And, and they do, you know, to an extent. And mm-hmm. that's fine. That's their choice. And that's good as long as they're happy. But obviously it would be much more ideal in a perfect world to be able to go and have sex with who you want to have sex with and know that nothing bad will happen you won't catch an sti you won't get pregnant you won't get sexually assaulted you won't get some dickhead who's like horrible to you after or before or whatever so i agree in some ways but i think in other ways people just should you know if people do what what makes them happy people should do what they want i but i i know what you mean that it is it's such you're right it's the most intimate thing really you can do with anyone that's why it's just so difficult it's such a difficult situation that you need to be so careful like I know people who have had one night stands and it's and it's ended great and they've either just had a good night and not spoken to that person again or they've had a really great night and you know started dating them or started like hanging out with them or talk to them sometimes and I've also known people to have one night stands and it ends terribly and I won't go into that but we all know the consequences I guess which again is why like protection is always important and just like you said, I think that's actually quite a good way of putting it. Like you said, to get try and get the best feeling you can from it, like get a good feel of the person before, you know, kind of even if like you go clubbing, for example, and you're with some of your friends, maybe like, you know, if if one of your mates kind of thinks that there's something a bit dodgy about this person, nine times out of ten, you should listen to them because sometimes like your mates can get a better feel of someone than you can or like even if they're like more sober or whatever the situation is. It's just about like trying to be as safe as you can but um you know I just want to say to everyone who's listening like nothing that me and Steve are saying is at all like saying don't have sex and don't do what you want and and we're also not like condoning people's actions obviously it's not it's no it's never the victim's fault it's never your fault if someone does something horrible to you but it's more just like trying to raise an awareness and protect yourself as best you can and I know that's not always going to keep you safe unfortunately but yeah, it's just, just trying to raise a bit of awareness. And, and, like, the thing is as well is that people always say, yeah, but we shouldn't have to do this, we shouldn't mm. have to do that. We no, shouldn't. you shouldn't, but... And, and uh, yes, I agree, but the thing that people need to realise is that that's not the real world. The exactly, world it's so sad. There are horrible people out there, and so my advice to anybody would be that, yes, do whatever the hell makes you happy, but at the same time, don't don't not think twice if that makes sense you know mm. you should always think twice before going into anything yeah and, definitely you know, there are some people and i know from experience there are some people who pose as a very nice you know very wonderful people and then turn out to be complete monsters but you know 
you've got to be you just say you want even though that person appeared to be nice and now suddenly it makes you feel shit it's it's never too late to say right okay and, and this is not just you know in you know in one night stands you know this is just in everyday life but yeah some people, because they want nice to you you sit there and you think oh well maybe they're not so bad and then and then yeah well he she he they were nice to me once upon a time but you know you should, you've got to yeah you're, at the end of the day you've just got to I, I, I don't know I'm sort of going off on a thinking out loud process, no that's okay but you need to stay in touch with yourself as much as possible and listen mm. to your gut as much as possible nowadays we don't listen to our guts enough mm. well yeah yeah but it's just so scary that you can't can't just easily go and do whatever you want be impulsive and enjoy yourself because it just doesn't always go that way and unfortunately there are so many monsters in this world who just take advantage of you and, and the thing as well is that it's been the case ever since mankind um, mm. and i mean apple m and it unfortunately will always be like that and yes it will be safer and yeah the proof is you know, if we've been in, if we've been studying in Victorian London, if we've been studying in medieval London, I really tell you that we wouldn't have been studying medieval London. Because, <laughs> um, but um, um, yeah, yes, we're we're blessed and that we have so much. You know, so it, the world is a lot safer, but we can't forget that it's still not safe. Mm. And um, I don't know where uh, most of the listeners are based, but you know. London is classed as more dangerous than New York and things. So, you know, it's all like all these things, you know, always have your friends nearby, you know. It's just, I don't know, basic. And I'm not just talking about, you know, women shouldn't walk home alone. Because, I mean, I used to I used to hate walking home alone after mm. work. I, like, hospitality, and I know it's a little bit off the, the sex tangent, but it is a bit, <laughs> you know, that whole feeling of being yeah. unsafe and, oh, God, I'm in a situation out of there. Like, you know, I used to walk home from work at, at 1, 1 a.m., <clears throat> most whenever I was at work and it was just like mm, I'm not a fan of this mm. and um, you know always try and always try and limit the risk as much as possible and yes there will never be no risk and even if you take someone home there's that, always that risk and what do you determine risk risk of what there'll always be a risk but as long as you know as I say listen to your gut because at the end of the day we're animals and we evolved from animals and we fundamentally are still animals and we all fundamentally still have instincts and we often choose to to neglect them hmm. when our instincts can sometimes save your life and that's so true i agree about the walking home stuff as well like it's just stuff like that is so scary and it's scary that we live in a, in a world where you can't always feel safe but you know just more reason to add to the fact of like try your best to stay as safe as you can and look after yourself and even I'm not even saying, like, don't go and have sex with who you want, but, you know, have people around you, have people who know where you're going, etc., etc. Um, so I'm just going to move back on to kind of more exactly on the sex convo. Um, although I've... No, no, I've enjoyed our chat. I think it's important to talk about all this stuff. Um, so I had one more question, um, which actually was related to the last one about um, birth control. And then I had a couple more, and then we will end it. So the other question I had about birth control was, have you seen um, any negative effects of birth control on your partner or your ex-partners or friends or people you've been with? And if so, um, what kind of birth control, if you know, and what kind of effects? So I have no, I have no clue what type. That's all right. Because I'm, because I'm such a no no that's fine I mean, like you know so, um, for example like uh, your girlfriend might have been well, on the pill or something for example 
I, it's really hard to say for me because I, I haven't had loads of relationships. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, not really. I've not noticed any difference mm. whatsoever. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't look at that sort of detail. Um, no, I really, and I'm not just thinking, you know, I think about, this is sound really weird, but, you know, when I think of um, my little sister um, and her and I were very close, and I'm just trying to think of some behaviour changes, but no, not really, not mm-hmm. at all. The thing is, I've never been in that close contact with that many women who've been, on, you know, known before and after birth control mm-hmm. for me to make an assessment. So you would probably be better placed to talk about that. Yeah, no, that's really interesting, actually, because um, part of the reason I wanted to ask you was because of this exactly that like, I just wondered if you were aware of like how it can affect people for example I was on the pill from when I was about 16 yeah when I was 16 I went on the pill um for about yeah I think it was maybe a year and I just found it to tr- treat my body really badly um obviously it does what it's supposed to do it protects you from getting pregnant however much percent and it also made my periods lighter and less painful um so that was the good part but um and it made my boobs bigger which I loved so that was that was also a pro for me yeah, yeah. but the the negative sides like really outweighed the positives for me which is why I ended up coming off it because I just felt a lot lower um felt quite down I felt more anxious and I also it made me gain a lot of weight and people this is like a very big debate so I'm not going to go into it but a lot of people can put a lot of people say oh it doesn't make you gain weight you make yourself gain weight but it makes it the effect it can have on some people is it makes them like incredibly hungry all the time yeah so that's why it made me gain weight because I was just starving all the time kept eating loads so it actually like um messed up my body image and my eating quite a lot and it sort of caused me to have like quite a few problems with disordered eating because I was just so like upset with the way I looked and the way it was making me feel so it can you know it can have quite negative effects this isn't to put people off it I think you should always try it and see what effect it has on your body because some people I know have have not had a problem with it and they find it fine but same with other contraceptions they can have the same issue I'm just speaking from experience with the pill and I came on it again I think this year maybe for only a few months maybe only like three months and again, I just had the same issues with it where I just found it to be awful. Like, so only the re- only reason I was bringing this up because I was interested to know from like a male perspective if you'd noticed like these these issues. Changes. Mm-hmm. I-, I knew about you know, boobs getting bigger and things. That I already knew. I thought you meant like mental changes. Mm. Uh, and I haven't noticed any mental changes. Mm. But then, as I say, I'm not experienced enough in that field to give an accurate response. Um, I'm sure, that as I say, I'm sure I wouldn't have been surprised at the end of the day, you're putting hormones in your body that are not supposed to be there at this time of the month. And then, you know, so yeah, I'm not surprised. But how I, maybe my personal experience, I hadn't noticed anything drastic. So, hmm. But then my little sister's always been um, my, my favourite little shit. So <laughs> change. So, you know. <laughs> that's why I find it interesting, actually, because um, I think that's part of the, all of this like uproar about like, men should get vasectomies and blah, blah, blah. I think a lot of it is based on people's experiences of how much it's affected them and how, like, men haven't really noticed or, like, haven't... or aren't aware of it. And obviously, that's I'm not saying that you haven't noticed. It might just be that you've never had a partner or a sexual partner or anyone who's, who's had those negative effects. But, again, I just thought that was something interesting to bring up and sort of raise awareness for, that if people feel like they're on birth control and it's not working for them 
please just come off it if that's what you feel like you need to do come off it or try another one or and I think a lot of people have this issue where a lot of male partners will say something like oh it feels too good without it like you were saying earlier oh it feels feels way better oh but it doesn't doesn't feel as good for me with a condom blah 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 but at the end of the day if someone's treating you like that and doesn't want to make that very small sacrifice for you because you know putting a condom on and having your penis not feel as sensitive in sex is better I'd say than having a girlfriend who is incredibly depressed or upset with the way they look or you know having mental health issues I know it's, it sounds very fairy tale of me but at the end of the day if you're with a bloke who sits there and starts complaining because you're you're putting your health first you know and I, do, I don't want to sound like a pick me boy you know please no you don't you won't. but at the end of the day if you're with someone who's making you feel crap about you not wanting to take hormones, then it's probably not the right person for you because yeah. usually people who, who want what's best for you in life. So, you know. Agreed. Yeah. So, um, moving on to another question. I was going to ask you about libido. So, I was going to talk about how... So, from my perspective as a female, um, I find sometimes like things will affect my libido and I feel like for example if I'm if I've had a bad day or like if I'm in a stressed mood or if I know I've got something I need to do that's like for example I'm stressed about an essay or something it really affects like my mood in the bedroom as well and I find it harder to orgasm and to enjoy it when I'm in like a stressed out mood or certain things like that that affect me and I was wondering from a male perspective if you also get the same thing or if not exactly like direct stress what what else affects your libido it's not I don't think it's quite as black and white as that I think there well I think that there are kind of globally I would say that there's the sort of two you have the, the people who when they're stressed they manage to get it up and have a go because then it de-stresses you. Mm, it's true yeah. That, you know, having an orgasm usually does make you feel good and relax for you know the next couple of hours. You feel a lot better. Yeah. But then there are the people who uh, exactly they're they're stressed and therefore they can't get it up and they mm-hmm. can't have a go because they're stressed. So I think that's the, it's just two different sort of mentality. Well, not necessarily mentality, just two different ways your body functions. Mm. Um, so stress can affect it. Um, what springs to mind when you say what else affects it? Drugs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Libido, you know, if you're used to taking um, uh, ecstasy or acid and and those sort of substances, then you will see that, yeah, hugely decreased libido. Um, What's good for it, though, um, certain foods increase your libido and sports does as well. Oh, yeah, I heard, like, exercise helps, doesn't it? Exercise, yeah. Um, so, um, So, yeah, but I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things where, as men and women, we're probably the same and that there are some people who enjoy... They like the orgasm because it relaxes and there are some people who just can't have the orgasm because mm. they're not relaxed. Yeah, like performance um, anxiety and stuff like exactly, that as well. Just, when you've got other things on your mind, you've got other things on your mind. Mm. And, but then there are some people, they want to get the other stuff off their mind by having... So I think it's just... I, I think it's as simple as that, really. It's, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, there'll be someone who'll say that there's something different. But globally speaking, I would expect... <clears throat> just from you know talking to people and things and my friends and yeah yeah that's how it would be <clears throat> but um, yeah, I think definitely yeah d- drugs are definitely a no no if you if you want to yeah I've heard that I've heard it like from a lot of people like even if you've ever watched Sex Education which I'm sure most people listening have Jean says about 
even like smoking weed too much can affect it like you know any any kind of drug and I think people sometimes assume it's like the hardest drugs but yeah alcohol exactly brewers droop (laughs) the thing is also is people but generally blokes who say oh I can't remember my one night stand last night I was so drunk it's it's rubbish if you're really 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 inebriated you can't get it up (laughs) you just can't um, and it's the same way that um, if you know, but yes, people like cannabis smokers mm. generally find it no pun intended harder. Mm. Um, but I'm sure I'll, I'll then get someone who is a regular user who'll say, "Oh no, I don't have a problem." Yeah, I guess but, it's just yeah. d- differentiates from person to person, doesn't and, it? And, and science is science. At the end of the day, you can't, you know, just because there's one person who sits there and says, "Oh, it doesn't affect me," um, there are studies that show that generally speaking, it does yeah. affect people. You know? Um, smoking a lot of weed, especially especially blokes, because blokes is extra effort mm. to activate that sort of stimulus. Um, but then again, please don't quote me on this. I'm not a scientist, only son of. Yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> son of sand. So, um, yeah, no, definitely. And I, um, I'm, I'm really glad actually that um, we got to discuss that because. I find a lot of things like this really interesting. If I, I know how I feel as a female, and I, again, I know that not all females are the same either, but I know that certain things affect me and my libido, and I think I think also that like, alcohol is the same as same as me as well. I feel like you just don't feel anything as as well when you're when you're completely like hammered, um, and it's like harder to orgasm and stuff like that. Yeah, Steve taught me this um, this this saying called "Brewers Droop." Once, Steve, do you want to do you want to elaborate? <laughs> what americans refer to as whiskey dick um in my family which sounds weird to say my family but in my family we refer to it as brewer's droop um to say it's a signal that when a man can't get it up because he's so inebriated but um but yeah i've never heard somebody ever tell me that they like drunk sex yeah um i've had people tell me that sex whilst stoned on cannabis is good <laughs> i think it's I think it's fun to have sex when you're like tipsy, like very slightly, because it's like cheeky yeah. and fun. But I, I definitely agree. I think as soon as you're like properly drunk, it's never, it's never as fun, especially like because you don't really, you know. And then the, there becomes the line between like consent as well, and like that's why I think it's more difficult when you're if you're like having sex at a club and stuff like that, or like you know if you if you like went home with someone after a night out, like that's where it becomes difficult because you might not be able to speak for yourself and that's where it all becomes a bit complicated but yeah moving on the last thing i was going to ask which you can absolutely say pass to so do you want to tell a funny or embarrassing sex story <laughs> you can say no that's absolutely fine let's just i won't go into a huge amount of detail but i think i experienced one of the worst things <laughs> a bloke can ever experience and i have had the head my downstairs head kissing. That put that literally makes my toes curl. <laughs> and I think for any guy listening, this is already probably making you feel a bit. But <laughs> it makes put it this way: it's one of the most painful things I've ever been through, and your entire body tenses up, except for the bit that's meant to be. <laughs> it's like a fallen soldier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny! Thank you. For sharing that so that's, that's a quite a funny one. It's, it's, it's not, it wasn't funny for me, but it's... it's yeah, yeah, a good one to tell. Wow. So, that was um, a nice end to my podcast. So, basically, at the end of all my podcasts, I always say to the guest to leave with a word or a sentence of advice. And obviously, we've kind of talked about loads of random stuff, so 
you can use your word of your sentence of advice for whatever you want but is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners about sex my last my last sentence about about sex about anything we've talked about on the podcast today but probably in in the uh, sexual well, category I'll, say, I'll go very philosophical and it, you can apply it to everything in life really but i would say to all of you um chase what makes you happy it doesn't matter what it is chase what makes you happy because fundamentally as long as far as we know we only live once and I'm not sitting there saying go and you know, go and live a totally crazy life because that's the only you know, but you know be sensible, but fundamentally be have fun and be happy because mm. that's all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah, well, that was beautiful. Thank you, Steve. That was very very lovely word of advice and thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and I'm really glad we did it because I have had months and months you know nearly a year of like not doing a podcast episode so I really appreciate you coming on so thank you to everyone for listening and I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you enjoyed meeting Steve say goodbye Steve bye Thank you for listening to this episode of Imagination Time. Please feel free to rate my podcast on whichever platform you're listening on. Don't forget you can now subscribe to Imagination Time for only 99p a month, which will give you exclusive access to locked episodes. Unfortunately, this episode will soon be locked due to the sensitive nature of the conversation. So if you want to keep listening to this episode, please subscribe to my podcast. Thank you.